Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. This is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. This is Workshop. Oh yeah, like I, I can talk for hours on that. Well, you can <laughs> okay. the tabletop side of it. <laughs> well, thanks for bearing with us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi there. My name is William R. Herr. I'm a fat, dumb, ugly truck driver. They asked me to come in here and talk about character creation. Uh, this is Jay Smith. He's the newest uh, master of horror out of the East Coast, uh, Seton, uh, Seton Hall University. Uh, uh, well, why don't you tell tell everybody about yourself, Jay? Hi, I'm Jay Smith. I am a uh, master of fine arts in creative writing from Seton Hill University, an audio dramatist and author. I am an author, playwright, poet, and uh, truck driver. Thank you. Because <coughs> everybody needs a day job. Um, well, so let's just get right into it. Um, one of the, uh, when I'm talking to new and struggling writers, one of the major problems that I see is, well, there, there are two generally major problems that I see, an inability to plan out their characters and what their characters will do through the course of the story, and usually that involves also not having a full understanding of what a plot really is. There are no original plots, we all know that. Um, and also, they don't really have a solid toolbox for how to create characters that are not only going to engage the reader, but are going to develop and grow throughout the course of the story. And that's what uh, Jay and I are going to be, uh, are going to be addressing tonight. Uh, we're not going to worry about plot. However, what you're going to find out is using some of the tools that we're going to offer you, tools that we've learned from some of the masters in the craft. Um, you can actually determine what your plot is. Uh, you can, your blurbs will write themselves. Your back cover copy will write itself. All the things that authors hate to do, you know, the, the, short, uh, the, the, the short synopsis. Nobody likes writing a short synopsis, right? It'll write itself. So let's get right into it. Um, when I, um, I'm gonna ask you guys to, uh, I, Normally, with a workshop or something like this, you have people standing up, uh, standing up front, telling you how to do what you're supposed to do. We're not going to do that. We're going to work together. Okay. And we're going. We're going to knock over chairs. <laughs> and we're, we're going to build a brand new story so you can see exactly how the process works. Okay. Um, <clears throat> 
Somebody give me a name. Who's the, uh, somebody give me a genre. Can anybody give me a genre of a story? Sci-fi. Sci-fi, okay, it's a sci-fi story. Okay, is it appropriate? Okay. How about, who is the main character in our story? Detective of a futuristic police force. Okay, okay he's a detective, he's a detective. And uh, does he have a name? Bobo. Bobo, the detective of the futuristic police force, because nobody's gonna write this. Okay, so we've got Bobo. Right? Bobo has a diamond. This diamond is going to represent the conflict <clears throat> that Bobo faces, and which is static at the beginning of this story. Okay? In the beginning of the story, everything is in balance. Okay? He doesn't need to change or grow as a person because his environment isn't causing him to do so. So, but Bobo has a strength. Who can tell me what his strength is? Huh? No. Next hour. Bobo has a strength, and it's MST3K knowledge. <laughs> can anybody give me a strength? Attention to detail. Okay, he's detailed. However, he's got something that works against that. Anybody? ADD. There you go. Okay, so Bobo has a strong attention to detail, but not never for more than about five minutes at a time. Okay, he has another strength, however. Okay, he's not a two-dimensional character. That's just a two-dimensional character. That's good for a supporting character, but it doesn't really tell you anything that he can change and grow. So uh, does he have another strength? <coughs> Photographic memory. Okay, he's got a photographic memory, but something works against that. What works against his photographic memory? I know remembering useless stuff. Hmm? I know maybe like remembering useless stuff. Remember useless. Okay, like photographic memory, but only for trivia. There we go. <laughs> With little bits of useful stuff. Right. Scattered throughout. Right, scattered throughout. So now we've we've got a rounded character. Mind you, it's a rather comical rounded character, but it's a rounded character. So we can say that Bobo, the head of the intergalactic police force, is very detail has has strong attention to detail. Five minutes at a time. Okay. His photographic memory is of endless use to him when playing trivial pursuit. Okay. <laughs> That's part of the blurb. Okay, that's the first part of your blurb. But now, Bobo, by himself, everything is static, right? He's, he's, he's a balance. He doesn't care. He doesn't need to change. He doesn't need to move. He doesn't need to do anything. So we're going to put this on a 3 by 5 card, okay? And we're going to set it aside because we built this character. But Bobo has somebody who he's interacting with, okay? Because of something, okay? He's going to be thrust into some. Uh, it, it, he's going to be thrust into the attention of someone else who is going to challenge this well-balanced uh, system. So, is this going to be a romance, or is it going to be a buddy film? Buddy film. Buddy film. Okay. So Bobo is going to run into Jay. Who's Bobo going to run into? Um, Jay. Okay. <laughs> Bobo runs into Jay. 
Okay, now Jay gets his own character diamond. Okay, now well, let me say, it doesn't have to be a diamond. Okay, I have characters in my books that have five, six different strengths and weaknesses. Okay, and because I, I write very complex stories. Okay, and so they're interacting with all kinds of people. But for the most part, you need two strengths, two weaknesses to write any kind of novel. And uh, you need, well, to write a short story, you need two strengths, two weaknesses. And to write a novel, you need at least two characters. Okay, so Jay, what is Jay's strong point? He's very handsome. Handsome. <laughs> <laughs> He's handsome. However, huh? I said busting out the synonyms. Yeah, okay. He's handsome. So uh, what, what, what's working against that? Arachnophobia. Well, arachnophobia doesn't work against handsome. He's vain. He's vain? Okay. He's vain. However, he also has arachnophobia. Okay. Spiders. Okay. <clears throat> and so he's got arachnophobia. However, what's the strength that, uh, that, uh, that goes against arachnophobia? The vanity. <laughs> he's fearless. In fearless. All situations. Well, he's, he's fearless except for spiders. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Now, this is your counter. Okay. He's not going to be the protagonist. He's going to be, he's not going to be the antagonist. He's going to be the gonist. Uh, he's the, the individual against whom you're weighing the original Bobo. Now, Bobo, okay, I can't even remember what we were talking Huh? Can you explain that a little bit more? Okay. Your gonist versus your protagonist? Okay. <clears throat> he is fearless. Right. Okay. Now the protagonist is uh, has a uh, has a photographic memory, mm -hmm. okay, and he knows all kinds of trivia about spiders, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a connection between these two. Um, <clears throat> he's fearless, uh, but he's afraid of spiders. However, Bobo, who's the head of the intergalactic uh, police force, uh, knows everything there is to know about spiders, and he's got a photographic memory. This guy, he could be hyper-intelligent, but he has a shit memory. There you go. See, the, the whole thing is, is to build these characters, okay? Build these characters in the diamonds and go ahead and place them against each other and interact their strengths and their weaknesses. So, he's afraid of spiders. Bobo knows everything there is to know about spiders and forces... Jay to face his fear of spiders with a little bit of solid intelligence on how to survive the dreaded uh, the dreaded daddy long legs attack because their fangs aren't big enough to actually pierce through your skin. They're actually only about seven microns long. So I know that because I've got a photographic memory. <laughs> so Bobo would be the Gandalf to Jay's Frodo. Yes, uh, he, he, you do look like Frodo. <laughs> this is uh, this is not the only way to do it. Okay, this is a tool. This particular tool was taught to me by uh, David Freeman, who is a screenwriter, actually a very sought-after screenwriter in California. Okay, and this is how he builds the characters for his screenplays, and how he arranges them, and what he teaches to his students. So this is what I suggest. Uh, as a tool in your toolbox. However, there are other ways to do it, and we're going to approach those as well. And Jay, would you like to take over and show us how you do your job? Sure. Uh,
Well, I approach mine differently. I, I approach from the story first. I think all your characters have to serve the story. So let's talk about a story. So, we'll pick another genre other than sci-fi. Romance. Romance. Okay. What is the story? What is what is the point of this story? Uh, an insecure young man figures out how to approach women. Okay. All right. That's not really done. So a convention, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Insecure. Uh, sorry about my handwriting. Insecure. You can actually read yours. Romance. Really? It's basically how to. Okay, so let's talk about the, the two main characters. So, insecure male. Or are we going to go with insecure male or insecure female? Insecure male. Okay. What, and then let's talk about the other character. Uh, what, what is he pursuing? Uh, well, Somebody else. What is what is the what is the object of his affection? And we have to make it challenging because really there has confident. to become. I'm sorry. Someone really confident. Really confident about what? Her looks, her intelligence, everything. She's just really confident. Okay, so we'll put him on the opposite side of the spectrum. So this first guy, is he a gamer geek? Is he? Just, what do we what do we what do we visualize when we think about this kind of character? You can go stereotype if you want. It's really easy. Just gamer geek? You want to go with her? Okay, great. So the object that we're thinking about is we're going to get these two together because romance is about the successful uniting of two people, right? That's well, an unbreakable rule. <laughs> then it wouldn't be a romance, right? So we have a gamer geek. What is it? A, what, let's let's talk the opposite side of the spectrum. Who is he going after? She's confident. Why is she confident? What does she do for a living? She's on the comm committee. Oh, I was going to say CEO of her own company. Okay. CEO of her own strong. convention? <laughs> convention CEO. They're okay. Okay. But is, is that enough for one man to be attracted to a woman? What is it, what is it that unites these two characters? Anyway. Well, I'll tell you, since she's on the comm committee, she will have wandered through gaming at one point just to make sure everything's running okay and so forth. He likes to go, ugh, gaga. So <laughs> she, she represents that romantic ideal of a female. We're going to go back to that classic, inobtainable objective. Is that, that's, okay, so she's a goddess, basically. Is that? In his eyes. In his eyes. Okay. One man's goddess is another man's harpy. That's good. <laughs> We'll add the extra D. Wait a minute, are you talking about my wife? <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about the what is the redeeming characteristics of this gamer geek? What is it we like what makes him likable? He's intelligent. Intelligent? Okay. I don't know, that could go both ways. You know. He could be no. an ass about it. <laughs> he could be an astronaut? No, no, I said he could be an ass about being an ass. No, he's not he's, he's insecure. Oh, okay. yeah, it's hard yeah, to be an ass. <laughs> Okay, let's do this. So we'll do this for this exercise. Our female lead is on this side of the room. Our male lead is on this side of the room. Okay. So as we can work on opposite forces. So the male, he's got to be likable. He's got to have a reason for this. Is what does he represent? What 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 does she what what does she represent to him? Is it that impossible dream of Don Quixote, or is it is it somebody in a video game that? 
She resembles... She looks <laughs> like a character from Mass Effect. There you go. Oh my gosh, I was totally thinking that. <laughs> so this is like pixels. That okay, so she represents, she represents a game goal that he could achieve in real life. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Represents well, the same goal. And then the gamer geek is a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Okay. And bored. He's a nice guy and bored. When I go in front of students, I have a bigger board and I usually <laughs> type, so he's boring. Okay. So these two are really far apart. Therein lies your conflict. So how are we gonna how are we gonna bring these these two sides together? Is it gonna be through the conflict or is it gonna be through through fleshing these two out in terms of their character. What makes them, what brings those two characters together? Could you add a third party? We could, that could be the facilitator. It could be somebody who introduces them, but if they're they're so polar opposite, will they ever come together? Yeah, I'd say conflict. Conflict, okay, and say yes? Yeah. How so? I have just, an idea. Just the way freeways cross and diverge. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. oh, just to give you an example, okay. I come from a city of over a million people, but amazingly, there's a lot of, because there's so few freeways, the few <coughs> freeways we have tend to merge and diverge. The 60, the 10, the 17, okay. all at some point merge and diverge. So at some point, there's, what do you want to call it, the seven degrees of bacon or whatever you want to call it <laughs> six degrees of kevin bacon yeah okay how about so they're, they're all going to come together at some at, point at, at some point there's going to be some sort of literally if you want to call it that there's going to be an accident so so as, as we heard earlier that she might pass through the game room at some point and he might see her and behold her as the object of his affection is that mm -hmm. what Good. I would suggest that while she is confident, she's not a snob. Okay. Um, but because he's boring, kind of, in the, so yeah. she just doesn't notice it very much, even when he tries to get her attention. What I would suggest is that um, she gets derailed on something. Let's say she meets a member of the fa of her family who does not like her and invalidates the hell out of her, and she's just sitting because the family can do it to you. They can get right under your defenses. Right. And so she's sitting there. And he just happens to walk in, and for the first time, they actually just talk. For for the first time, she actually notices him. So because so, up to now, he's been this very unimportant thing off in the corner. So there's a reality to this character that's beneath that surface, that that goddess veneer that he discovers. Yeah. Through that chance of of. of Okay. Otherwise, there's got to be some sort of way where they start talking or just. I think he should be roped into volunteering when she gets derailed. That's yep. true. And she's not going to be ungrateful if he cleans up a mess. Yeah. 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 She's not going to be ungrateful if he cleans up a mess. Right. Well, she's yeah. confident, right? We would hope so. Well, yeah, Maybe she is confident that her father had. <laughs> Maybe she has a, he has a trait that her father had that just kind of reminds her of, of someone she does like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. We're weaving this into plot. Let's. If if our lead male character doesn't have the courage, he doesn't have the fortitude to, to approach this woman, does this story happen? 
Yeah. Normally, no. Maybe, 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 she, maybe she could have the fortitude to approach him. That's true. Yeah. We were, but the premise was that it was an insecure male approaching this female. So we're assuming that the male is the one who's going to initiate. We can change the sword. So change the sword. I, I would actually, I would actually yeah. suggest, I mean, sitting on the sideline, that you do not have him approaching the, the woman or the woman approaching him, but rather that they are on opposite sides of the disagreement to cause a conflict, and they have to resolve it in some way. And Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, well no, that rather, no, no, right, no, no, more like, uh, more, more like the Expendables. <laughs> We're really crossing genres. <laughs> okay, yeah. But uh, the, 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 they disagree. Mm -hmm. They have to resolve that disagreement and, uh, and at the same time find a uh, mutual respect for each other. Okay. There needs to be some instant that brings them together. Exactly. Because right now he doesn't have a reason to be forced to interact with her. Right. Well, let's, let's, let's go back to the, the fundamental truth of a, of a romance. Romance is overcoming some sort of adversity or conflict in order for two people or whatever, to come together successfully. It's not a tragedy, it's, it's the unification of two people. So that, that would be the plot element, but in order for the reader to believe it, they have to be compatible in some way. So these two characters have to serve your story. So we've got a conflict, uh, a, a, someone with depth, with a, with a rough history, uh, her parents might be, might be pushing her in a direction she doesn't want to go. Um, she's not a snob, but she might come across that way. And that's a polar opposite of this dude. So he's got to have some outgoing quality that overcomes the natural tendency of a reader. To, uh, this guy's never going to do this. She wants to learn how to game. She wants to learn how to game. Okay. Okay. She wants she's to be a gamer. That's really helpful. That would be a good idea as woman. <laughs> yes. yeah. well, I think that kind of goes with nice guy, though, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe if we're talking about an actually nice guy. Maybe the dude is Russian. Maybe it's a romance. So, really, yes. I never knew I was just telling well, I think I just learned how to, to write in, in Russian, if not English. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sorry, I lost the last part of that conversation. What was that? Oh, I, she was just saying that he's that, helpful. He's helpful. helpful. Like he's helpful. He's helpful. Okay. That would be appealing to this woman. Okay. I think. So that that facilitates that that goes directly from okay, you want a game? I'll help you. Story ends. So what's the conflict there? Is, is he a bit of a dick? Maybe he's a little bit aloof. Maybe he thinks he's she's a little the power company. gamer. No, yeah. she's she's got to be the power. Yeah, well, power gamer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not he's not ah. confident with women, but he's confident in his gaming. Aha. Okay. But she's better. <laughs> but she's learning. Very so good. She's not gonna be better immediately. Gamer. Okay. So we have kind of like an ice castles kind of mighty ducks thing where <laughs> the teacher becomes the master. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna teach you how to how to ballet dance. Well, how about you teach she me how to play discovers hockey. She likes him, approaches him, and he runs for the hills. <laughs> the conflict he has to overcome is to get over his insecurity enough to reciprocate what she's offering him. Uh -huh. <laughs> At so, what point, though? I feel like you guys keep skipping ahead, and I'm trying to go in sequence because this is the duel, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> so where are we with the duel? <laughs> well, that, that's 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 the thing. Where is the, the the point of it is where is the story? Mm -hmm. And if we get to the story, then you, we can we can work out where these characters are. So uh, let's establish the story. The story is. I like the idea. She's a she's a goddess. She's a, a aloof creature, but she's also a gamer at heart. She she she's better than the boys, but for whatever reason, she's never been part of that group. But she decides at some point she's going to try and compete. 
But this guy who's always loved her or always liked her or just thinks that she's a goddess is her main competition. So he either thinks that he's going to have to beat her to get to earn her affection or he's going to have to take a dive or something's got to be overcome. So there's that conflict. And it's all driven by the fact that he's got a conflict internally. He's pride for being a gamer. He's got to be the best. <laughs> is he going to be the best or is he going to allow this woman to, to win or is he going to try and prove himself to be the best in order to prove his love or his, his affection for her? If he takes a dive, he's not really... It's, it's going to be a little bit shorter. Yeah, that's than, true. Than if he tries to beat her just to pr- prove himself to her or something. That's true, and that's, that's part of his core character. The yeah. conflict could be that the con's going to get rid of gaming. <laughs> unless unless yeah. he can justify why gaming's important to the con. And it comes down to a dance off. I mean, a game off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a small town con, and, and she's the preacher's daughter, and uh, or she was told to put away childish things. Uh, that's that's true. So all of these things come together, and we'll bounce back to Will in a second. But all of these character traits that we've designed, however you want to play them out, come together in the center because they're tr- if they aren't compatible or and they don't have a core conflict at the at least at the initial point, the story will never take off. So when you're thinking about it, the female's the antagonist in this story because it's a romance. There are going to be other, other points of adversity. There's going to be maybe the dad who doesn't approve of gamers because they stink and they're, they're evil. <laughs> and this guy's friends are saying, ooh, cooties, don't go with the girl. It's bad. <laughs> I know I dated myself to the 1980s with those references. But, <laughs> but it's all going to come down to, to this. And in romance particularly, if your audience doesn't believe in it, they're not going to, they're, they're just... If they don't believe in the realism of your individual characters and their inherent compatibility in romance, the book's not going to work. The story's just going to break down at somewhere in between chapter 10 and chapter 15, and you're just going to be frustrated with yourself. So where you can start with, especially with with, um, screenplays and other visual arts, you can start with the characters because it's a little bit of a different medium. In fiction, you want to start and get your story down and then wrap your characters and their traits so that they can run through the story effectively. And after that, it's just getting out a D&D character sheet. You're writing out your strength, adventure, your wisdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. At least in part? Okay. Well, yeah. Now, like he said, we differ in the way that we do our jobs. Um, I, I, I'm a very strong believer in character-driven, uh, character-driven stories. Okay, and character-driven plots. Um, so, when I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give an example a finished example of a story that's driven by characters first and foremost and that the plot builds itself around those characters. Okay, in this case I'm going to say the character's name is uh, Dolly, D-A-L-I, okay? Dolly has a character, Diamond, okay? She is inexperienced, okay, but she is also driven. Dolly, by the way, is short for Amigdali. Okay, and I've actually already written this story. She's inexperienced, but she is driven. Okay, she is brilliant. But she is caught in a um, vulnerable situation. Okay, that's her character. She's actually uh, from India. So, Next to this, we have Wilhelm. Wilhelm 
is a cheat. But he's successful. Okay? Wilhelm, he's a cheat, but he is successful. He is a telepath. Okay, however, he also feels physical sensations. That's his weakness. Like someone else? Yes. Okay, so here's the story. Okay, can you build the story around this? Okay, I've got a villain, and I've got a hero, and I've got everything I need for the short story. So this is a short story, which I may or may not pitch a pitch perfect. Okay. Amidelison is a uh, junior commander, okay, with the, is a junior commander with the, uh, with the Republican, um, uh, with Republican resistance, okay, uh, in Port Pleasant, which uh, orbits around Sirius, okay. She is inexperienced, she's young, but she is driven to succeed, and she is a former master chess player. Okay, she is brilliant. No one has ever defeated her ever in the chess federation, except for Wilhelm. Okay, and now she has been captured by Wilhelm and is going to be questioned. Wilhelm has to break through her defenses, uh, her questioning. She she she's got a strong mind and she knows he's a telepath. She didn't before when she was playing. So Wilhelm is going to. Uh, challenge her, well, rather, force her into a game of chess. For every pawn that she loses in this game of chess, he's going to kill one of her captured men. Okay? If she can defeat him, she can go free. Okay? But even while he's playing this game, he's going to be, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be questioning her and basically torturing her because she's been, uh, she's been horribly injured okay, in the battle for Port Pleasant. That is the story. There is a conflict here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the entire story is the game. <clears throat> the game of chess and the back and forth and interplay between these two characters as she tries not to lose any pawns or lose the game, and while he tries to find out what is in her head. Yes? Is she allowed to lose the other pieces? Yes. Interesting. Does she have anything in her head worth? Yes. Like secrets type stuff? Or yes. If she hurts herself, he'll feel it? No. no. But, if he, but if he is reading her mind while she is in pain, he will feel it. And that's that is his that is his weakness. She can think about things while she is in pain, and he will be out of her head. Okay. However, she can't think about strategy while she's playing the game because he will know what she's going to do, and he will take her pawns. So does she try to hurt herself? Huh? Does she try to hurt herself? No, she tries to win the game. No, but I mean to feel pain to just so that he keep her out of her head. Um. Unfortunately for Wilhelm, he is not really very intelligent because he is a cheat. So he is going to injure her multiple times until she has a dull ringing pain uh, constantly. And she can't stop herself from being in pain, which drives her close to unconsciousness, but it also drives him completely out of her mind. 
okay, which allows for the edge that she needs to hopefully resolve this. I don't know. I think if she's brilliant, she should figure it out. Huh? I think if she's brilliant, she should figure out the pain keeps him out of her head. Oh, the no, she does. Keeps him out of her head. She does. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not building up to that, there's going to be some great back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of my wife's favorite short stories that I ever wrote. And she absolutely insists that I publish it, and I keep on not publishing it. And so maybe I'll throw it in first perfect. Let me ask you this: How do you, and I'm I'm trying to work out you 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 create a very vivid pitch, and the pitch is what's going to sell the story. Right. Did the pitch of the story develop from your creation of the characters, or did the characters develop from your original or concept of the story? Actually, I created the characters first. Okay. Okay, I came up with the characters, and once I've written the characters, now I start to build the story and the plot around, because what is a plot? Anybody tell me what is a plot? A plot is, I want, but, then, but, then, but, then, finally, except. Okay, I mean, that's a basic plot. Yeah. And that's, that's... That's part of all stories, and that's what's going to sell it. Right, but you can drive you can drive <coughs> the character in a character-driven novel or in a character-driven story. The characters and their interaction is what's going to make that story just ping into people's minds. Is what people might may remember plots after they read it, but what gets them to finish reading it is the conflict between the characters. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I, I come up with uh, Amidala Dali because I'm really want to say thank you to all the people of India for buying 1,500 of my books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, also because uh, I uh, also because I wanted to uh, try and uh, throw this into the Brave New Girls uh, anthology, which they it, she wasn't enough of a girl okay. to make it into there. But <clears throat> she's inexperienced, but she's driven, she's brilliant, but she's vulnerable because she's in a bad situation. Now all I need to do is come up with a villain. You know, somebody you can hate, but you can understand. Okay, he's a chief, but he's successful. You know, he's the captain of the uh, of the opposing team. He's uh, he he's a telepath. He can understand what she's thinking. He can tell what she's thinking. But if he's caught in her mind while she's feeling pain, he's going to feel the pain, and that is his weakness. So as as you're doing this, it's percolating in the back of your head the story that's going to result from these two. Yes. Okay, that's great. It's a completely separate operation below that to try and make these two ideas compatible. And I think there is story that's being generated as you're, as you're working with these advantages and disadvantages that we need to point out is important because if this is not compatible with this, the story's never going to manifest. Right. You're going to spend you, a whole lot of time. Yeah. You can build these diamonds. The thing is, these character diamonds, you can make them quick. They're fast, dirty, easy. Okay. You can expand from them and give them more strengths and more weaknesses uh, as you want. Okay. But... If this doesn't work, say uh, it doesn't work that she's inexperienced and driven. I don't want her to be inexperienced and driven. Or no, maybe maybe she's not. No, it doesn't work that she's inexperienced and driven. Okay, to work with him, she's um, she's a veteran, veteran, but she's tired. Okay, does that work better with Vilhelm uh, Jonovich? Okay, uh, you know, does that work better? Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I don't want uh, Wilhelm Jernovich to be a cheat but a raging success. Maybe I want him to be brilliant but in love with her. And that's his vulnerability. 
but he's driven by his duty to to the uh, uh, to, to, to to the Colonials Council mm -hmm. to uh, to question her and find out uh, the secret of uh, the uh, the secret of why they were defending Port Pleasant to the very death when it was such an, uh, a minuscule unnecessary uh, outpost. So as you're thinking about one character, you almost have to simultaneously be thinking about the other character in order right. for it to work. <clears throat> well, and she's a veteran, but she's tired. Now, looking at this character as the main character of my story, I'm immediately going to be saying, okay, what is going to counter with tired? What is an aspect of another character that will counter with tired? Is he energetic? Okay, someone's if, if this was a romance, is he energetic? Okay, that's what counters her tired and somehow manages to uh, give her a new, uh, a new breath, uh, fresh air, so that she can step forward and start moving again. Maybe he's stupid but sure of himself. Okay. Would you he's, call her a veteran and vulnerable? Huh? Would you necessarily call her a veteran and vulnerable? Yes, yeah, she's, she's, building, she's in a vulnerable situation. I think those, those terms are open enough and subjective enough that you can apply whatever value you want to them in the details as you create your, your narrative. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's a tool. It's a tool. It is like a, it's, a, it's actually a great tool because when you're, when you're thinking about it, as you, as you create your characters and you're changing these values around, you can pull this character out and maybe bring in somebody else completely different from another story and see if that works a little bit better. And then as you're doing this, it's a great, great thought exercise. How many of you play role-playing games? Play D&D? Half of you? When you start bringing your characters together, if you're, if you're a dungeon master, if you play with a great dungeon master, they don't necessarily pick their characters, but they figure out through the combinations of clerics and, and bar barbarians how to play those characters against each other as they want to kill them off or drive them insane in the case of Call of Cthulhu. They, they know how to bring these two parts together and generate a story. So you might actually come up with a completely di different, different genre of story after you've, you've completed this, this exercise. Now, the thing to remember is this is not the only way to do it. In fact, this may not even be the best way to do it. Um, the, 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 among the best uh, advice that I've ever been given by someone uh, in writing was, again, uh, from... Um, from David Freeman, and he told me, he said, this is not the toolbox. This is the chisel. Okay? If you want to, if you want, this is a chisel. If you want to create a sculpture, you're going to need many different chisels, and you have to decide which one you're going to use for this particular one. If this works for you, if you're really good with this, then you should work with a chisel. Uh, maybe you need a chainsaw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, maybe you need a tiny little scratch all. Okay. Uh, however, what really serves us is to put as many tools in our toolbox as possible so that they are there for us to pull out and use when we want to accomplish what we're accomplishing. I think that's a great point because if you're a sculptor or you're a painter, having the right tools is, is the best. You have to have the best tools and you have to be able to use them. Knowing what you're going to create on the outset. If, if what you're going to create has no value, it doesn't matter which, what tools you use. If you're not going to, to, to develop any discipline in it, you're not going to sell that story. Um, the, the best lesson I learned is uh, when you're sitting in front of an agent or a publisher or an editor and you've got 30 seconds, you're going to have, you can have the best characters in the world, 
They don't care. They want to know in 30 seconds what those characters are going to do to sell that story. And you have to absolutely have the best characters to drive that story, but if as you're, as you're doing this exercise, if you have any doubt in your mind that these two can't coexist in the same universe, or I don't feel the passion for the story, then you're, you're going to swap out one or the other. So it really helps if you're doing this as an exercise, not necessarily for a concrete story that you're writing down, but as a thought exercise. Because you will come up with that great story at the end of it. You will come up with, oh my god, I never thought about it that way. If I just swapped out this character for that character, it would have been a much better better novel. And in fact, if you look at your favorite novels, or your favorite TV shows, a great thought exercise that I learned was swap out one of your favorite characters with something else from another TV show and consider how the story would run differently. Like Buffy and Angel. If if Spike had been the character of Angel initially, how would this, the arc of Buffy changed over the course of how many seasons? And would it, would that romance, that that dynamic, have changed? That that's those are the, that's what this 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 provides a, a valuable service for that. But also, but just keep in mind that at the end of the day, you you're going to bring a passionate story to something, and that's going to change these two dynamics. Your story is going to help your characters evolve. And if you're writing a novel, your characters are probably going to evolve three or four times. You might eliminate characters. You might add two characters where one existed. They may swap genders. It's 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 going to be a fun long term exercise. So or in this in this, everybody loves to see character conflict, but character conflict has to have a point. The characters, as he was saying, have to evolve and change and grow as individuals by the end of the story in some meaningful way, so that they have changed in a meaningful way and are different because of the experience. Because of this, uh, because of this, perhaps uh, Dolly, the veteran Dolly, gets a new breath of fresh air because she has finally succeeded in defeating Wilhelm. Wilhelm, okay, has always been successful because he cheats using his telepathy, but now he has finally been defeated and he is crushed by the knowledge. Actually, he's more than crushed by the knowledge. But um, <laughs> I mean, but the. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, they change in a meaningful way. This is something you want to see how this develops. You hope that it develops. Or maybe it's a tragedy. Maybe Wilhelm defeats her in the very end, but she wins just this minor point that means that everybody else is going to survive even if she dies. Mm -hmm. Okay? She's, she has kept him from learning the secret. Okay? She has kept her mind secure against him. And she's going to die, and all her men are going to, uh, going to die, but Earth is going to be destroyed. You know, because that's what she wants. I'm not saying that's what she wants, I'm just saying. Okay, <clears throat> in some meaningful way, they have to change, and this is where you just decide what you want to do with them. This is where you decide, how am I going to torture these people mm -hmm. for the pleasure <laughs> for the pleasure of my readership? And this is the great, great spring point. If you just want to explore the characters in detail and maybe just put it into a file for a future story. I was slightly facetious before, but I had a great uh, session with an author named Amber Bliss, who I recommend looking up. She's, she's a great horror writer. Um, she's also a gamer, and she does write out her characters in Dungeons & Dragons character sheets. And it helps her because she is, she's more drawn by statistics. So if she knows that her characters are more mathematically inclined than artistically complied, com, uh, inclined, then that drives their character in one direction than another. So if that, if you're a gamer and that's the direction you want to go, that might might help you. Uh, I I've also I also know writers who use cheat sheets. They basically find a, a character actor's face and put it in their word document as a reference to a character in another movie or another story. It's, it could be that simple. They rem, it reminds them of an archetype or a trope. 
and that might just be enough to get you get your story uh, moving. And that's that's part of that whole journey of the writer where you start out with the great American novel, halfway through you realize it's complete shit, and then you reinvent it into something completely new that you, you're passionate <coughs> about. So, like you said, it is a great tool, but there are a lot of there are a lot of additional tools on uh, that you can build off of this, and you only have to write. Don't, don't put any sentences together. Just just start writing out words that is, you associate with the character. Noble, uh, noble, clever, well hung, <laughs> you know, uh, cheats and cards. All those things just can come together and, and in your head coalesce into something that you want to tell a story about. It may be that one character defines ten characters. This could become a baseball diamond, four characters working together in, in concert. So, yeah. Do you want to open up to questions, or do you want to? Oh yeah. Do you? Uh, what, what, well, first off, what are we doing for time? We are at fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes left, or we've been here for fifteen yeah. minutes. Oh, dude, <laughs> we're just here for fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, have, we have about fifteen minutes left. We have about fifteen minutes. So let's open up for questions. We're more happy to answer any questions you have, or we can run through an exercise if you like, or you can just say, you know what, I'm bored and I want to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you have a specific problem? We can we can. Uh, do you have any specific problems we can give you a hand with? Mm-hmm. Any questions? Mm-hmm. Who is this your, is a conversation, not a speech. Who is your favorite character? A character that, that stays with you? Travis McGee. Okay, why? He's, he has empathy, and yet he can be a bit of a bastard. Okay. Um, he's flawed, but intelligent. He's in his, his whole role in the, the novels, other than just to solve mysteries, is to calm them on the society around him and the lifestyle he has puts him in the perfect position to do so. Is it more literary fiction? Can, can you explain the context? What's, what's the story that he's in? You've never read John D. McDonald. Just Donald give me a synopsis of, of what, what... He came back from a war, uh, let's say Vietnam, okay. um, found his brother in some sort of weird legal difficulty. Uh, the brother commits suicide, so he loses all sense of um, permanency. Okay. He's... At, he's very suited to a particular activity. Let's say someone legally steals uh, $50,000 from you. He'll get it back for half the value. Half is better than nothing. Uh, And that's how he makes his living. And it puts him into virtually any level of culture that you can think about. And it gives him a chance to comment on it as he goes through it. And he does beat on people, but he's conflicted about it. He feels bad after. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna beat you to death, but I'm gonna feel bad afterwards. Yeah, don't we? So, is it is it that nobility of the character that appeals to you? Is that he's his one foot in the bad world and one foot in the good world, or what is it about that character? That um, he's a he's an odd hero. Okay. And he's, uh, he's not a shining knight, as as he keeps saying himself. The the armor is a little bit tarnished, but it's there. You know. So he's layered. He's <laughs> complex. Okay, and those are those are kind of the best characters to, to work with, right? Is there another example of somebody that stands out to you guys? Or? Lyra from Holman's Golden Compass series. Why? Well, first she's funny. Okay. Uh, she's very rude. Okay. Uh, she's very thoughtless. And uh, her coming of age and building of her conscience was really very heartbreaking. What what are her main conflicts that she runs up against? 
any sort of awareness of other people's feelings. Okay. <laughs> so expanding her horizons is a challenge and just... So well, I mean, she has to save the world, too. It's a YA okay. novel, so, I mean, of course okay. she does. But uh, just the, the really, like, a, getting out of that adolescent self-involvement, I think it's her biggest. She had a, a bigger dose of it than just about any other character they have ever read. Okay. I'll ask the same question I asked him. Why does that appeal to you? Isn't that the universal story of all of our growing up, except for it's like written large in a very brave and mouthy young person? Okay. So we have two two different types of characters. One is a kind of an escapist, kind of an ideal idealist. One is very real. One, at least at an emotional level, you can you can you can identify with it and empathize with it and follow them on that journey. As you were talking, I was thinking about Mom's Razor's Edge, where. It's a very literary fiction where a man comes back from war and he, he has a completely different mindset about how the world works. He's completely compatible with it and he does what he feels like anyway. So it's about it's empathizing with that character, but maybe the, the environment's a little bit different. So those are the ones that stay with us, the ones that we identify with closely, but the ones that are, uh, that are emotionally and technically layered and complex, but then run into complex conflicts that that are worthy of them, but I, I have to be compatible with, with their, their personal goals and, and initiatives. So. Any other examples or Lazarus, questions? Lazarus Law. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you've read Time Enough for Love, but you know, it's basically, in Heinlein's world, Lazarus Law just doesn't die. Okay. He was part of an experiment that he shouldn't have existed at this early on in the experiment, but he just kind of kept on going and just never died. And he gets, he reaches a point where he's just ready to go. You know, I'm just, he's just ready to give it all up. He's tired, he's exhausted, he's done everything, but he's the head of the family and they don't want him to go. So they, they talk him into staying and telling his stories mm-hmm. um, as they're searching for something he's never done before. And they eventually come up with an idea of something that he hadn't done before, and they basically make identical twin daughters of him. Okay. So they, clone, they, they, they clone him into female versions of himself that he gets to raise. And you know, he gets to experience himself as a female and gets the hard job of raising her. That's interesting. You're describing the plot. You're describing his art. What is it about him that makes him compelling? He's a flawed genius. Okay. He, he just goes, he kind of has always gone with the flow mm-hmm. and succeeded. Okay. I mean, I, to, to me, it's kind of a, it's an immortality complex view. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's from the Kansas City area, which is where I'm from too. Yeah. So it's, I had that little bit of a extra little connection that others might not. Is it, is it safe to say it's also a, a Analogy for old age and just feeling obsolete and ready to go and well he gets he gets to that point but it's been a long time you know he 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 he's, he actually led due to some without getting into all you know all the specifics but he led the family off of the planet right. because everybody else found out about him so and so and you know and he created he, he created but he wasn't trying to create. You know, he just, he led without trying to lead. Right. You know, he just kind of, 
He was thrown into some situations, just did the best he could, and succeeded. But he he never really took credit for it. Okay. He's kind of. What what is his conflict? Is it an internal narrative where he's? He he had just he had just done so much. Okay. He he was just ready to give what? up. He was just he was tired. So and the conflict, conflict is to give up or not give up? Is that essentially well, what it is? He had, he had basically given up. Okay. But they talked him into staying, as they were because they, under the guise of, let us find something you've never done before, and you know he was just bored. Okay. He had done it all. He had experienced it. He'd been around for thousands of years. You know, he had mm-hmm. done everything he could possibly think keep of. In, right. Keep in mind that Heinlein's work was a strongly plot-driven. Yeah. Yeah, very, very strongly plot-driven, and he would not necessarily go too depth, uh, too, uh, too heavily into the character conflict. Although, yeah. although uh, I still consider him to be the master. And, and character does drive that story, yeah. which is kind of that's an excellent point in that. If you don't have that story, that character might be might not fall. In the well, well, see, that's the thing with Lazarus Long. He's in other stories too. Yeah, he, he wrote many books, and I mean, Heinlein basically made a timeline that you know, okay, this book happens here, this book happens here, this book happens here, and here's who was alive during this time. Even if they weren't necessarily part of the story, right. you could see what was going on at the same time. Okay, and that's a collective mythology. Yeah, five minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we wrap this all up, because I think we've covered and had fun unless anybody's got any other questions questions comments concerns thank you yeah, yeah thank you really great okay yeah. right. thank you where, everybody where can we find you online and other places uh, williamarpro.com okay or you can chase my truck down it's a big green western start uh, 5700 xc and if you see a, a large green fit or western star 5700 xc there is a 33.3 percent chance that it is me because there were only three of them on the road in the united states and if you're mathematically inclined you would have gotten that from the 33.33 percent yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly his fiction is very good so i recommend uh, and my books are available uh available in what the, was your uh, website again com. If you're into audio drama, radio drama, or anything like that, uh, I write a, a zombie horror series called HG World, which is available at we're, uh, um, shoot, I <laughs> blanked on it, uh, goodmorningsurvivors.com. I write an OTR, basically the shadow with a female lead called Hidden Harbor Mysteries at hiddenharbormysteries.com, and you can find my books at jsmithaudio.com. Thanks for putting up with us for now. We also do bar business. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.